Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode for the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today I've got an exciting episode with two guests, two incredible speakers, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. But first of all, a lot of you have heard me talk about this lady, Eden Sustin, who's got her own incredible platform podcast um, for the talk, purpose and truth over in the US, where I was fortunate to become a family friend and get asked to be on the campaign, but we've done some incredible stuff together. But our guest, we're gonna talk about our guest today. So Eden normally gets a lot of the limelight, so I'm gonna keep it lighthearted. I'm gonna turn to our guest. (laughs) Okay. But she's gonna be (laughs) a co-host today, guys. So first of all, I'd like to welcome Judy and Eric Thurston. So in terms of Eric, he works in broadcasting, works in film, and also he is just part of coming to use his son's platform to really enable a way to change the narrative and the vernacular around mental health and tell the story of what happened to their son, Jacob, along with his wife, Judy, who's a grief recovery specialist and a transformation coach. She has a genuine desire to see people experience wholehearted living. In the last decade, she has helped hundreds of clients transform their mental, physical, and spiritual health. Now, these guys are absolutely amazing. I'm very fortunate. I've got to introduce to them by Kim and Eden, themselves they were recently on their podcast and they've also just released the book on what happened to their son Jacob and how they have turned it into a positive to help other people along this journey through grief so a little bit about beautiful tragedy which is the book is both a story of heartache and a guide to surviving Judy chronicles her heart-wrenching journey from the moment she learned her 18 year old son Jacob was found unresponsive from an apparent drug overdose his time in the ICU his ultimate passing and a painful task of navigating grief in the days to come. In the following, her step-by-step guide called the Give Principle, Judy models for you the actionable steps needed to get you out of the anxious thinking and into peace. She sets an example of finding the strength and resilience during life's most difficult moments. So guys, thank you for your time today, and thank you for sharing the story of Jacob and for what you're doing in the world on behalf of the campaign. I know you came on the campaign, you've always supported, but... On behalf of coming on today, the podcast, me and Eden, thank you. Wow. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're grateful <laughs> and uh, excited and um, grateful for the work that you guys are doing and um, the platform that you have in being able to continue to uh, partner together to help change that narrative and and, and bring the, the kindness, encouragement, and support without judgment or shame or, or guilt or anything to that effect. Um, yeah, we're grateful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. More Great. than welcome. Um, and I suppose we, we should really start off just telling us a, a little bit more about Jacob and like he was very talented and I've loved reading stuff about him and all the, the posts that I've come feel got to know him through you guys and what you post about him, but tell, tell us about him. <laughs> well, I you know it's interesting. Um, so I've been doing these live Instagram lives 
um, starting two weeks ago, reading each chapter of the book and, you know, kind of stepping through that. And then I add my commentary and then I do a Q&A session at the end. Um, and I'm doing that daily, um, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Eric, I just want to chime in and say, in regards to that, your your lives that you've been doing, I noticed um, one of the posts that Judy said she was introducing that on her page, and she in one of the comments, she said that you have not read the book yourself, so you're just reading it for the first time on live, on, on Instagram live. That's correct. So it's That has time. got to be emotional for you. <laughs> it, it is. I've, uh, I've cried probably half of the, of, the, of the lives in the two weeks, and um, yeah. I'm trying to um, be authentic to the emotion. Um, and as well as model what it looks like to, to be able to feel those things and not be ashamed of, of feeling mm -hmm. uh, and make normalizing the fact that, hey, we have emotions and it's okay to be sad. It's okay to, you know, be depressed and it's okay to cry. What? A grown man is crying? Are you kidding right. me? Yes. And yeah. And I think, it, you know, and I try to encourage the, the people that jump on. Um, but uh, as far as Jacob's journey, uh, man, he was such a gift, even from the beginning. Um, some of the things that really stand out to me just off of the top of my head right now was he was the youngest person ever signed to Ford Modeling at, wow. at age three. They never signed anybody under age five. And I just happened to be a photographer, you know, creative <laughs> shocker there. Um, but, and obviously loving taking photos of my kids and my family and that type of thing. And just for giggles, I put together a Z card and I mailed it off to all the top he mailed, no, he mailed it out to like a hundred people. No, yes. no. And the one that responded, out of all of them was like the most, you know. That's the, the biggest, one of the biggest. Yes. Yeah, so Ford yeah. Modeling, yeah, and um, he was the youngest and still is today, to my knowledge, the youngest uh, model ever signed to Ford, mm -hmm. a modeling agency. Um, not a lot of people know that. It's not something that, that we, we go around and like, hey, look, you know. Well, a lot of people will know it now. Yeah, <laughs> but... um. And then he, you know, he was, I mean, he was so witty and smart at such a young age. I remember we were in the Philippines once. He was probably five years old. We're in this 15 passenger van with all of Judy's family driving around, you know, downtown Manila or wherever we were. And he had this whole van full of adults laughing and doubled over in tears. I mean, it, just his, his sharpness and we're like, how old is this kid? I mean, it was just so amazing. Um, just how, how witty and sharp he was. Um, he picked up guitar at age six, um, wow. started playing guitar, uh, took some uh, private lessons for the first like year and a half, and then um, went, went into a music school um, and then as he excelled in the, in the music school, he was playing guitar with a, with a, a band of other kids that were close in, in, in the industry. 
and um, and then we started homeschooling him so that he had more flexible time to to do those things and uh, because even that school the regular school when he was in public school um, his first grade teacher called us in for a, a parent teacher conference and they said um, we don't know how to tell you this but your son Jacob is um, he's reading at an eighth grade level. Now he's seven at the time and he's comprehending at a sixth grade level hmm. in first grade. And so all the, all the work in the class and was, he would burn through it in the first 30, 40 minutes. And so the teacher was concerned, like, man, he's getting all his work done. He's going to get bored in here real fast. And that's going to be a potential behavior uh, yeah. problem. But he was a sweet kid and he just wanted to help. And so he became a TA, <laughs> teacher's mm. assistant at, at, in first grade. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. And, and so that was just, that's just a glimpse of the first, you know, his first few years in, in, in school and his, the trajectory of the things that he put his hands to was just exceptional. He uh, sounds like a prodigy. For sure. And prodigy and a genius. He was good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> like it, he, she was annoyed because he got all his talents from me. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I was gonna, especially the, the humility part. Who, <laughs> who can sing? Where did he get the talent from in the voice? Um, <laughs> I, I don't claim to I sing in front of people. Yeah, but I can carry a tune, and I and I do play. I play guitar and bass, um, but yeah, she got the dancing gene and the and the good looks. So oh. that's where. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's a good combination. Yes. Yeah. 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 So when have you guys heard of an? Oh, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> have you heard of what an indigo child is? Uh, no, not never heard that. Yeah, I. That's what. It sounds like Jacob was. You might want to look that up. Indigo yeah. child. Very, okay. very wise. Old soul. Yeah. That's the way you described him. It just sounds like, yeah, he, he was like um, older than the age he was. Yeah. yeah his his sure. soul was older. Yeah. So at the, when he was 10, yeah. I came home one day after work and he's sitting at the computer at the desk and I walk up behind him and I'm looking over his shoulder at what he was doing. And he had the command line open and command line is where you're coding in um, whatever environment, whatever uh, programming environment you're in, but you're using this command line. And he wasn't even using any kind of other coding tool. Like he was actually coding straight code and it was Java. and and I'm sitting there watching him, knowing that people that I work with that do that are making well over six figures. And he's sitting here 10 years old doing this thing. And I'm like, I'm like, hey. And he's all startled. <laughs> he's like, because he didn't know I was standing there. And, and he, he's like, what? And I said, where in the world? Did, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm making it rain. <laughs> and, I, oh. and I said, and I thought he was being funny. And he literally was coding rain in a Minecraft server using Java. And I was, I was like, 
that's a, you, you're making it rain. That's so funny. So he was customizing his gaming uh, platform. So, and I said, well, where'd you learn to do that? And he was like, Oh, I just, I just looked it up, got online and figured it out. So you guys obviously saw there was talent, but where did it start going serious in the notion of going, Jacob's really talented. He needs to be in front of like, where did the platform come from for him? Like when did he get, he get spotted or did, like, how did that all come to fruition? And then you guys seriously go, he needs to do something with his, with his craft. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing is because he's always been so talented and been good at everything. Um, you know, I didn't want to be that mom that, you know, you see those kids that go on American Idol and the mom's like, isn't he amazing? And they're like, oh my God. So I couldn't really tell like, how, what is this just me being a mom? And is he really talented? And it wasn't until like he had a video that he wrapped and, you know, he produced his own song on his 16th birthday and that video went viral and it really caught the attention of, you know, recording companies and, you know, uh, different people writing write-ups you know about him and like we were just so blown away that people were really interested you know what I mean like millions of people and so it's funny because he was being contacted by you know different recording companies and he blew it off thinking they were just scams or they weren't really real so he didn't even pursue it and it wasn't until you know Eli, uh, one of the A&R guys at Atlantic Records, you know, reached out to us like, no, I'm a real person. Like, we really <laughs> are interested in Jacob. Wow. So, well, and Take K, this Saran Wrap, Saran Wrap song with Take K. Yeah. Blew up. Yeah. So he was a producer first, and then he became an artist kind of just for fun. And then that blew up, you know. I know. And it's, it's a little bit frustrating because there's a lot of people that work really hard to try to get these opportunities, and he just kind of like, Oh, I was just doing this for fun and gets discovered online, you know. Yeah, but the kind of like yeah. but can I ask you one question? I've always wondered this question, right? Because my kids are at the age where they're still really young and, and just playing around. But every time I watch those shows, American Idol or like with Jacob and you watch for the first time like a music video like that, like and I'll admit it, I get a lump in my throat when I see the family at the side and I see their kid performing and they don't realise how good their kid is. And it builds up in me and I'm like, I'm more emotional watching the family's response to the kid than the actual reaction. What is that like as a parent when you, for the first time, you just said there, Judy, going, damn, Eric, we, we produced this. Like, <laughs> like, what's that feeling like? It must be like amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I remember when I was in a meeting with Jacob at Peter Paterno's office, who is like one of the top entertainment lawyers in Hollywood. And we're in the, well, in the world, in the world, in the Skyrise office, we're there, we're sitting there and there's these lawyers, you know, talking to us about representing Jacob. And Jacob is slumped over in the corner and he's like, could care less. He, he <laughs> wants to go home and play video games. He's like, this is boring. I hate meetings, you know? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at these people and I'm like, that's kind of when I realized, wait a minute, this is something like they're seeing something that I'm not seeing, you know, because like yeah. I said, it's, we're so close to it. And, you know, we really didn't know, honestly, the way that it happened was so fast that we were kind of along the ride with him. And I think he was shocked too. Like he was super humble about it. You know, he, whenever we talked to him about like how great his music or his album or his songs, he's like, Oh, 
anybody can do that. It's not a big deal. Yes, like that was really his spirit. Like he was super humble about his, his craft, you know? Hmm. And it's so amazing that you guys, I mean, he left a legacy behind. You guys get to still have his music and, you know, all the fans that come along with that. And I just think that's beautiful that you have all these recordings. What do you plan to do with them? Um, Well, we're, so he's still under contract technically with Atlantic APG because his contract was to deliver an album. His first album release is, was considered what they call a mixtape. Um, and it's, it has something to do with the legal aspect of, of that. But um, he, he recorded over 120 tracks with Atlantic APG. And, um, and there's hundreds more that he has on his computer. And we do plan on releasing, um, we're, honoring that that uh contract and releasing that album um Mm -hmm. we're trying to pick the right tracks um we're trying to steward his art well um that honors what he was trying to do uh, as well as honors the um the fan base and and what they they'd like to see and hear um and then there's other projects that are tied to the music as well that are uh we have a documentary that um, we're working on. It's in um, kind of the um, planning phases right now. Um, And there'll be a soundtrack that accompanies that with some new music released through that soundtrack. Um, And then there's uh, some some ideas, some exciting ideas about uh, anime series um, in in the further down the road. Um, Mm. And we would release a new track each episode and part of that episode would be cut um, as a music video. So um, the the music, you know, one of the things as a parent, you, when your kids grow up and they move out and they're doing their thing, um, you always hope that you gave them everything that they needed to be successful. Yep. Um, you know, you, you gave them the right set of uh, um, morals so that, they treat other people with kindness and respect and, and honor people and um, that y- you want them to do well and, and contribute and make a difference and, um, and, and pay their own bills and take responsibility for themselves and that type of thing. And a lot of times parents don't get to know the ins and outs of how that's really going. You know, it's based on the feedback that they give. And, you know, a lot of times kids don't tell their parents all that. I didn't. I never did. Um, she certainly didn't. Um, I'm just playing. I'm just well, now playing. your parents are going to find out if they hear yeah, that. But, but, so, but the thing was that really, that probably the greatest gift out of this suffering for me is the outpouring and the gratitude and the and the the love and the kindness from his fans and the way that he treated people i i get dms and texts and messages inbox all the time uh, almost daily about how he's he he's encouraged them in their in their you know they have a mental health condition and he encouraged them and there's one one kid that was in a uh 
mental facility and Jacob was the first person to reach out to him when he got out um, and, and just showing empathy and care and, and, um, and it's the way he inspired other people with his example, his, as young as he was achieving things that a lot of, a lot of people want to try to achieve. But more than that, just the way that he was kind and loved and cared for other people, like really felt what they were feeling. Um, and I, I, I'm so overwhelmed by that, by just the, the gratitude of knowing of what a great, uh, person that he was and yeah. the way that he loved other people um, without, without any prejudice, without judgment, without any um, uh, agenda. Yeah. Agen- no agenda. No, like, Hey, I'm going to be nice to you because I'm going to get something out of it. None of that. And um, it's just, it's See, the way you're explaining, beautiful. Sorry, the way you're explaining him, I just had to then look at my phone and see what Indigo meant. <laughs> oh, Indigo Child? Yes, Indigo mm-hmm. Child. And it's yeah. children who are believed to possess special, unusual, and sometimes supernatural traits or abilities. The idea is based on concepts developed in the 1970s. Um, yeah, and it's just more in terms of intuition, perception, and that. So everything that you're just saying there, it just made me go, right, I need to look at my phone and find this word out because it does, it, yeah, special. You raised an indigo child. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> and it does reflect the kind of parents you were too. So I know you must be so proud of the kind of person you know him to be. But same goes for you. That you two were, you did something so amazing to create this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be um, proud of yourselves. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, it's parenting is hard i mean yeah you guys know i mean it's there's there's no like manual going oh these are the step when this happens you do this you know yeah. a, b, and c and when this happens you do a b and c and and there, there there just isn't one of those and you just kind of figure it out as you go and um you know i think we 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 weren't overbearing that's for sure we we gave them room to fail and I think that was a big thing is, is that, you know, we, we weren't, we didn't subscribe to the, the general consensus that failing is the worst thing ever. Mm. And, yeah. you know, even school system you know, they're like, Oh, don't get an F and F yeah. is the worst possible thing. But yet all you look at people that are the most successful in life and they're the ones that have failed the most. And what they've learned is how to fail and do it in a way that was um, uh, proactive. They, it was again they, where they learned from it. And exactly, yeah, yeah. And, I know. Because um, you didn't, you didn't require him to be perfect in any way, and it was okay if he made a mistake or yeah. if he failed. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, and so somebody asked like in the chat, I think it was last, maybe last night or night before last in one of the chapters where Judy talks about, um, she was asked the question, you know, knowing what you know now, if you knew then, would you let you, would you have let Jacob move to LA at 17? And, 
And her response was, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't change a thing. No. Cause we, yeah, <laughs> we can't keep them in a bubble. Yeah. No. All right, guys. So in terms of just, just, uh, the general census so that people who are listening to the campaign for the first time and listening to Jacob's story, can you just give us a breakdown of the story behind Jacob so we can lead in towards the book and how you both got through your grief, obviously Judy from a mother's perspective, and then I'd love to know personally, Eric from a father's point, because you've got girls as well and trying to hold the family together at a time when you're both struggling really. So yeah, I'd love to, uh, if you could share that with us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as brilliant and talented and amazing as Jacob was, um, when he was about 14, 15, we moved from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. And, you know, he started to really retreat and um, just get isolated a little bit more. And unbeknownst to us, he was struggling with depression and anxiety and you know, at that point, you just think you have an adolescent who's going through moody, you know, growing pains, right? And so we didn't really think anything of it. But um, when we finally uh, got him to a specialist and he was struggling, you know, pretty, pretty bad with depression and he was given, you know, medication and just different things. So that kind of started our path to this wrestling with his mental illness. And because Jacob was so um, smart and really thought outside the box, he thought that he could medicate himself and found ways to go online to find, you know, drugs that would help him because the, the drugs that he was being given were actually making him worse, mm -hmm. which is sadly, you know, what it is, right? Where you're given a pill for everything. And um, it was just a really tragic you know beginning of like how do we how do we you know deal with the mental illness in a way that's holistic and, and natural but that's not an, even an option it's like right away as soon as you get a diagnosis it's all about just giving you pills and mm -hmm. so we went through that um you know that that cycle and when when we found out that jacob was actually you know doing drugs and different things like um it was just very challenging because in a never in a million years would we ever imagine that that would happen to Jacob. You know, he was so free spirited and so kind and so loving, you know, all the things that we've shared about already. So for him to go down this really dark path of, you know, drugs and self-medicating um, was just heartbreaking, you know? So when you think about grief, the definition of grief is the end of a familiar pattern or behavior. And so I feel like for us, we started grieving Jacob kind of already at 16 of the Jacob that we knew and that we loved, you know, things were very different once the mental illness came in, once the, the drugs came in. Um, and so it really just took a toll on us. And so the, to answer your question, like, how did I get through that is, you know, if you read the book, I talk about the GIVE principle. And uh, GIVE is an acronym. G stands for grounding, I stands for intention, uh, V stands for visualization, and E stands for expressing gratitude. And I just kind of developed this daily practice of meditation. And the grounding part, I think, is really the most important because it, teach, it taught me how to be present, right? So 
a lot of times I can get stuck in the, oh my gosh, what did we do wrong? And how can we fix this? And just get anxious mm -hmm. about like all the mistakes that we made and like how, you know, how did we get here? But that doesn't change anything. Um, or we can look into the future of like, well, how are we going to fix this? And what's going to happen? And is he, is he going to be okay? I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, just sleepless nights we had just wondering, is, is he going to be okay? What is he doing? Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the act of being present, the practice of being present, we were really able to enjoy Jacob like 100% whenever we were with him. And I think that was such a gift to be able to do that um, because then we can like not have any regrets of things that, oh, we wish we should have said this, or we wish we should have done this. Because every time we were with him, we really gave him our full heart, 100% just gave to him, you know, yeah. and no matter what. That's how everyone should live. Right? Yeah. 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 It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I know. But I feel like... <laughs> That's for me what saved me at that time was being being able to be present with him and just he just knew 100% of the time he was supported he was loved unconditionally mm. even if we didn't agree with the choices he was making we still loved him you know mm. so yeah and <laughs> I think Eric's not wanting to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I remember. I remember the first time he went. We took him to the ICU in the emergency room because, um, you know, he's saying he took something, and we found a bunch of pills and whatnot. You know, and and he acted really erratic and wasn't behaving usual. Like there was something that was wrong. We could tell. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and I remember thinking, and he, he thinks he's so smart, like he's intelligent, but he's not being smart at all. And we actually had some disagreements because she kept encouraging how smart he was. And I was like, hang on, he's intelligent, but he's not making a smart decision here because he was is that I'm like he has no idea like he's he's getting he's not getting these drugs from a, a pharmacy a pharmacy that he was prescribed there so they're technically street drugs mm -hmm. um, and uh, and as we all well know now that um, fentanyl is making its way into everything yeah and, and it's killing people it's killing these kids their first time trying something maybe they're just experimenting like what why is everybody doing all that and what whatever their reason is mm -hmm. and they try it once and they're dead and yeah. um and so i took all of the things that he had and i brought it to the er because i'm like hey if you don't know what he had this is what he, this is what he had and maybe there you could do a lab test on it or something to make sure that you're treating him accordingly um so instead of they're like well that's not how we do things you know we look at his vitals and i'm like but this i mean I, you know i'm as a parent i'm like hey i know that this might not be what he thinks it is and um but it was it was like okay after that we're like life is different now we've got to figure out we were leaning in, um, like finding an outpatient program somewhere where he can get some help. 
um, counseling. We went to counseling and through, went through went through that. And, and then when um, he almost gets finished with the outpatient program and, and is about to graduate and been sober through the whole thing, some other kid gives him LSD at, at, at the last week. Mm. And, um, and then here we go. We're in the cycle all over again and back to the, the ER. And this time, his heart rate was racing over 185 beats per minute. Um, and, I mean, he was, it was scary. It was like, yeah. we don't know if you're going to make it through this. And he was 16 at the time. Um, and at that point, we had to make a decision. We're like, look, we've done everything that we know how to do or we're finding out and we're learning how to navigate through this. It, you, you're going to go in an inpatient program at this point. And man, he was not happy about that. Sure. Um, you know, because the rest of his, you know, freedom as he knew it was coming to an end. Well, plus that was <laughs> that kind of the beginning of his kind of popularity with his music. Right. And so he felt like if I go away, like that's, that's going to be the kill end. My, that's going to yeah. kill my music career. And we were like, we don't care. Yeah. You, your life is more important than music. Exactly. So yeah. Again, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, did he I mean, have, it was did hard. He, did he have the record deal at that point? No, he didn't. Yet. He was oh. he was pretty, he was rising very rapidly in the underground scene on SoundCloud, and um, he had quite a following that we didn't really know about. Um, and he was producing songs for these other big artists, like um, probably one of the biggest songs. Um, was uh, the song called Saran Rap that he did on Tay-Kay's album. And then uh, a few weeks after it's released, Kevin Durant from, the, uh, from uh, Golden State Warriors and NBA is tweeting his song. And Whoa. so we're like, wait, what? <laughs> and so we knew, we knew he was on a trajectory and we knew that um, he had talent and and from that moment, that 10-year-old moment of watching him code, I was never worried once from that moment on about whether or not he would be able to make a living and take care of himself and that type of thing. Um, and he was doing that very thing. And he, he was making more money at 15, 16 than we were together selling beats online. <laughs> mm. So we're like... Maybe we should take some notes from what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, to, to um, as a father, you know, it's just hard. There's nothing prepares you for that night when three uh, Austin PD are holding him down so that the paramedics can give him a sedative so that they can get him into the ambulance there's there's nothing that prepares you as a parent to no. stand there and watch your kid in that in that environment that's in that situation in that circumstance and um and i knew it was it was going to be a journey and it was about st staying present it was about a lot of prayer, um, meditation, mm -hmm. and and I had to be mindful of my own mental health 
Yeah. I had to check in and, and with counseling and I had to check in with my wife and, and, and people, good people that would tell me the truth around me, you know, friends around me. Yeah. Um, so that, cause it can get very dark very quick and it's not, it's not help. It doesn't help anybody. Well, it's such an inspiration what you guys, how, how much you've done in this short period of time. I mean, this book is so incredible <laughs> that you've got it out. It's, I mean, I feel like it, I, I think we've talked about this, um, Judy, that he helped you with this book. I think Jacob made this happen. Absolutely. Because it's really unheard of for it to happen this fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for- I, I feel like it's his spirit. You know, the other night, actually, I have dreams a lot. And now I can tell like a dream from like a dream visit. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense, but yes. um, the other night after the book, book released and, you know, is doing well, it, it ended up being, um, you know, on the bestsellers list in six categories and people are buying it for their friends and, you know, their families. I'm not excited about why it's doing well. I mean, sadly, right. I mean, every yeah. day I'm getting emails. Like I just bought a book for my friend who lost their son or who lost yeah. their daughter. And so heart wrenching, but I'm grateful yeah. that now there's a companion for them. And I got an email today. They said, you know, I feel I'm all alone. It's quarantine. It's COVID. I don't have anybody around me. I'm grieving my son. And I feel like your book is just wrapped tapping me in a big hug, telling me that I'm not alone. And I'm no. just like, oh my gosh, that's exactly, you know, why I wrote it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, I was going to get very... with the question, with, with, with the boat, what has the response been? You've just said one there, but as they, when you realized how much it was impacting people. Uh-oh. You're breaking up on us. Do you hear me there? Yeah, bro, bro, you broke up a little bit. And I'm going to turn some light on too. <laughs> yeah, we're going, we're going really purple. Um, I was just, you, you just mentioned one thing there, Judy, but to have written the book and to see the response, like me in Australia looking, you're posting hundreds of books out daily and like keep seeing these posts. I mean, what has, or where has the book got to and, and what's the been the response other than this person that had reached out from worldwide? Obviously you're a bestseller now, which is incredible. And what's it been like? It's very humbling. I mean, I, every review, every comment, I just, I feel like I'm just crying all day because it's so surreal, you know, like I never imagined that this would happen. This is not what I set out to do. I never set out to write this book. And our tissue bill has gone through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) It takes stock in that now. Well, what I was saying before, uh, I totally forgot, but you know, the the dream visit uh, after the book, launched and it was doing really well I had a dream that Jacob came to visit and he just gave me the biggest hug like like he was so proud and I really believe that it's his story and he wants his story told and I love there's so many young people reading this book because it's going to give them tools and it's going to give them you know a different lens to and Eric's doing a great job on his Instagram, you know, lives, talking to these kids and giving them and, and direction and, 
um, you know, our kids are feeling very alone, you know, the, yeah. the kids at large, the, all, all Jacob's fans, you know, they, they're reaching out to us because they don't feel like they really have any adults they can talk to, mm. you know, they can't yeah. talk to their parents. And so that's really cool that we can step in and be that kind of that surrogate for them, you know? Um, you mentioned earlier, Eric, about how proud you were f um, to hear how much of an Im positive impact he impact he made on so many other uh, people, peers, his peers, and um, it's it's interesting because if you look at it like a, from the bigger picture from the outside looking in. Um, you can see he's still doing that by through the book. So he's this is why he wants it out there because he's still able to be heard and to make a difference make that positive impact even though he's on the other side now absolutely yeah and and i mean the impact that he's made through his music is is probably even greater um at least at this point and um i can't i can't even count the number of um, different, you know, I call them kids. They're young adults. Um, part of me being old, everybody's a kid now. Um, yeah. And, uh, just meeting them where they were at, the resonation of, of that being able to feel the same thing that they're feeling and connecting through his music and sharing what he was wrestling with. And um that gave them hope it gave them just a little bit of hope that life could be different it didn't have to and numbers of um i and i don't even know how many total but there's you know, more than a, a dozen that i'm aware of maybe two dozen um of kids that are still alive that were suicidal and contemplating just taking their own life that because of the the hope and the connection that he made with them either that you know mostly through his music but through direct interaction on instagram or playing video games or on a discord server or whatnot um he he gave he he gave them hope he was like it it's not gonna always be this bad and mm. um it will get better and um just the positivity, but yeah, I think, and, and that's, that's another beautiful part of, you know, I think the book is so aptly named beautiful tragedy because there are so many beautiful things that are in it. Despite the suffering and the tragedy portion of it, um, there's a lot of good that's coming out. And I think that that, that's a perspective. We can hold on to, uh either side of that we can hold on to hey there's some good or we can curl up in a ball and cry all day and suck our yeah. thumb and and not do anything and nobody would would blame us for doing that yep we would i'm, get I'm surprised you're not <laughs> well, well there's been days there there's okay. definitely been days where it's just to get out of bed and get in the shower and and eat some breakfast is is like it feels like an accomplishment yeah um but i think you know we would get a pass we would totally get a pass if we did that nobody would say anything and it's totally okay 
And, yeah. and it is okay to feel that, but it's not okay to stay there. And I, and I think that, you know, if we stay there, then all this good doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's beautiful. You're making, turning, you're, you're doing something positive out of this. You're spreading love and light and healing Yeah. Healing from your tragedy. Yeah. Healing. So where can people, uh, firstly, on behalf of the campaign for everything you've done for us and supporting everything, um, what's next for you guys in terms of your advocacy? Because I know you're pushing this book and we can do everything we can to help you with that. But I know... Yeah. You always talk about doing more things toward kids and getting the awareness out and everything. So where can people find out more information about yourself, about Jacob's music, about the book? Tell us everything. <laughs> well, my, uh, you can go to judythurston.com. And um, I host, you know, when, when the world decides to cooperate and open back up, <laughs> um, I host, you know, destination retreats and and I do, you know, coaching and grief coaching, um, online and offline. But um, right now, you know, it kind of shifts. So right now, I feel like I'm focused on really equipping and encouraging the parents, whereas Eric is really doing a great job connecting with all the, the kids, you know, on his Instagram and, and the, the people that he's talking to. Um, there's, there's lots of different... Um, organizations that we are partnering with that uh, we are talking to about really linking arms because at this point we need all hands on deck I mean epidemic is not going away if, if anything it's just you know um, just growing and it's really really crazy you know right now the the suicide rates have already surpassed all of last year's in the first you know just Six a few months, months. Yeah. Um, all the rehabs are full, the relapses are, you know, off the charts. And so mental health is so super important. And um, I want to do what I can to help equip, you know, people to yeah. really self-care. Self-care is a huge thing that, you know, in the midst of grief, in the midst of anxiety, like that's the last thing we want to do. But those are the things that I, you know, kind of help and teach and equip people to do where, where Eric's really taking care of, um, connecting with the younger, you know, Jacob's fans and, and just being available for them, which has been awesome and really beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I'm managing, um, you know, his, his accounts, I'm managing the music and, um, you know, what that looks like going forward. Um, Hella Sketchy Official is where uh, his main website is. And um, I try to post when new releases happen. Um, and you know a, a lot of kids are looking for they want to create similar sounds and he has a sound kit that's available and that type of thing um, but really it's it's trying to continue to engage um, that that audience and continue to um, promote his legacy and his artwork because of the impact that that that's made and um, and then to to be able to um, come alongside and provide a safe environment to have discussions without judgment, without shame, without guilt, um, without any kind of prejudice, and um, and connect. Like we don't claim to have all the answers, but we we feel like we can do that, and then help 
people connect to the right resources that they need to be able to get um, the real help that, that they need, not just a band-aid. Yeah. yeah. And the book is available on Amazon in Kindle or paperback. And I'm excited. There's already three rehabs that want to carry the book on the resource table. There's a woman's prison. There's, you know, shelters. And so I just feel like the book is really um, just for anybody that wants hope, anybody that needs tools, and anyone who feels alone that just needs to feel like, hey, I can get through, you know, the darkest um, seasons of my life. So we want to do that. But well, we will be blasting it all the way through the campaign socials and all on the website. So we'll be putting all the links below, guys. But I just want to say on behalf of the campaign again, on behalf of myself and my co-host today, Eden, thank you for <laughs> taking this time out to share Jacob's story, to share the amazing work that you're doing. Um, Welcome. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you both on and to have got to know you behind the scenes as well and, and talk to you now and again. And yeah, you're amazing people doing amazing things. And we all know that Jacob's there pushing it along with you and smiling down and you're amazing people. Yeah. Well, so are you guys? Yeah, we think we're grateful. We thank you. And truly the honor is ours to partner with, with you and Eden and what you're doing. Um, to be included in that number is, is, is a real honor. And we're grateful to be able to partner with you to continue to, to spread the imperfectly perfect campaign and, um, and, and, and help make a difference and, and bring, bring light in the darkness for sure. Yeah. Well, it's very much appreciated. And that's all it is changing this narrative around and getting these hard conversations started, I believe. Um, but before we go, co-host Eden, would you like to say anything? Oh, you put me on the spot. No. <laughs> you never normally lost the words. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I had a couple thoughts. Um, I just, I have Judy's book myself. I already read it online and I was just so excited. I got it yesterday. Um, I'm going to be sharing with everybody I can. I am a medium and I see uh, probably 99 out of 10 times when I meet with a new client, somebody on the other end comes through uh, that took their own life or that they had um, a, in a, um, what is it, accidental overdose that it's just so common and a lot of it is fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Um, so I see it from that point of view and I am, I just think that this book, those, these people need to see this book. So I've been sending a lot of these moms to Judy and hopefully connect, they are connecting, but I mean, there's so many people that we can touch with this. Um, and I'm just really happy that we're all, I feel the our, all of our hearts are in this, like we're in it for the right reasons. And it feels like it's just like a divine connection with all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> when you speak to Eden on the side and she tells you stories, who, who brought us together and how people are connected on the other side, it's amazing. So <laughs> guys, I mean, again, thank you for everything. And for those people who are listening, I'll drop all the links on all the socials and the podcast where you can find all the latest episodes, including this one with Judy and Eric on Spotify or iHeartRadio. Until next time, guys, take care, have those hard conversations and look after yourselves. 
To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.